welcome everybody to the no uh hello everybody welcome no welcome <laughs> welcome to the life after geo city good morning welcome to angelfire.thelifeafter.com backslash <laughs> backslash wait it's forward slash uh forward slash yeah yeah no it I is. it's just that. slash it's not just slash you don't have to kind say of like forward. the guitar player in vampire is yeah. there also a vampire slash. named slash i don't know if there's a i try to i try to know as little about vampires as i can i think slash is like a good antagonist to blade <laughs> they're just like slash and blade it's like yeah my name um, is like hack and hack and slash were Ooh. uh characters in reboot the uh oh, first animated television series took I place loved inside a, reboot. i loved reboot and as a matter of fact uh uh corona isolation 2020 might be a good time to rewatch a reboot if it was your jam as they a kid rebooted reboot they rebooted reboot and it was really shit balls was it so shit balls um i hate it when they botch a reboot man yeah that was a weird one they tried to do like this live action like junior power rangers slash beetleborgs thing for like okay. these like prepudescent children not no. working for it i'm sorry get back in the mainframe i don't so, even know what's going on with that that dog and that virus woman that virus woman oh hexadecimal she, she was wasn't a virus hot yeah, she was sexy. Like I remember I even had a as like a little gay kid yeah. being like, "Yeah, I yeah. feel represented by her." Yeah, hexadecimal. She was like the she was like the wild card. She was the she was the Catwoman. Like she's neither she's not really good or bad. Well, she's you said just it, self motivated. She, she was kind of dressed a lot like Harley Quinn, though. She was. She had a Harley Quinn vibe for sure. Yeah, weird coincidence. There. So okay, we're recording this. Yes, we haven't sir. recorded in several months, um, uh, no, we and haven't. we're recording this because. We just feel like, you know, a lot of people are stuck at home. A lot of people are stressed and anxious about money or about, you know, the virus or about their health or just being stuck in their house by themselves or with somebody they don't want to be with or with somebody that they do want to be why with. Why did you look at me when you <clears throat> Why did you look at me when you said I, that? I didn't look at you when Chuck I said... Oh. people you don't like okay and, okay no okay, okay cool <laughs> no so anyway um we just wanted to record something to just be shout out to everybody and like kind of like say hey this is what we're doing uh and hopefully maybe it'll help some people a little no, bit you yeah, know totally i mean i'm thinking about like, i feel like i always want to hear what like podcast like people that i respect and listen to i want to know what they're thinking right now you know i've been listening <laughs> to all my favorite podcasts and and you thought to... we would fall in that category <laughs> <laughs> i'm not yeah we are not that to anybody but yeah there's like three well, people out there that are anyway because like, we want to be cool <laughs> i wonder what those do we want to are... do what the cool people are doing okay um okay wait so before we start anything oh yeah. okay Brady, what do you think is the worst reboot you've ever seen? Oh. Because I, I have a good answer. And it, I don't know if it qualifies as a reboot, but... Uh, well, okay, I guess well, it doesn't. Tell me yours, then. Scrub Season 9. Yeah, I wouldn't call that a reboot, but I know what you're but saying. But it's almost... Yeah. It's kind of a reboot, and it was objectively terrible. And it was on a different network. 
which makes it they particularly over to ABC weird. Yeah, at that time. ABC made it all ABC like. Mm-hmm. The well, lighting strange. was different. Eliza Klooper, however you say her name, was in it. I love her and Dave Franco, but mm-hmm. no, it just was not working for that. Yeah, I like Dave that. Franco. And JD could not. Yeah, that's it not was, really good as a mentor role. Like he needs yeah. to stay as. He needs to be a passive beta male. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that's, that's what he is. It's great. Um, but I would say the the worst reboot that I can think of is uh, um, Fuller House. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's a good one. I would <laughs> that or reboot, reboot because it, it reboot did kind of bad. like it kind yeah. of ruins like what made it so good. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst. When that is the worst when the reboot actually takes away from the original version. Like the original yes. version is worse now in your mind because the reboot was so bad what's the best reboot that you can think of the best reboot well you think of it mine is battlestar galactica hands well, down yeah, thank okay. you very much yeah like, that, okay that's hard the that's impossible to beat one was just absolutely bullshit yeah that's basically impossible okay well to okay beat. Um, well, that's next one, i would then. say um i wouldn't say the it's the best but off the top of my head the lost in space reboot is pretty good Okay, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. It's not terrible. It's not amazing, but um, it's good. It's got... But um, consider the last, the original series and the 90s movie are both terrible, so low bar Dave, what was his name? Matt Blanc was in... The 90s the ni- one. It was, oh, it was 1999 or 2004. Yeah, I can't remember what year It might was. have been... It was either 99 or... It was It was uh, between 99 and 2001 for sure. Okay. So it was in that era. And then uh, who's in the the one now is Parker Posey, and I really like her. Okay, I don't know. I don't know people's names. Okay, Parker anymore. Posey. Let me just tell you this because it's a good thing for our listeners, and this is kind of on topic of what we're going to be talking about today. Because cool. what I was thinking about was you know different movies and stuff that like like Kimmy Schmidt when they were the bunker, they had to like figure out ways to entertain themselves. So yeah. I figured, hey, let's uh, Chuck and Brady. You right, know, let's right, do right. Shit, right? We're, yeah, we're going full. We're reverting to Kimmy Schmidt mode. There we temporarily. go. Right. So it just every. <laughs> Everybody know that this is going to be an unusual episode. We don't have my a girlfriend guest. is cranking a generator in the closet as we speak. <laughs> okay, I told okay, her to just Pastor, count to ten. What's his name? Bill. <laughs> yeah, Bill, Bill Bob or something. <laughs> you can do anything for ten seconds. Just remember that. <laughs> um, but uh, Parker Posey, she's in uh, a lot of the Christopher Guest movies that I absolutely adore, and the best one that she uh, that that sticks out of my head is Mascots, which is on uh, Netflix. But in addition, oh to that, yeah, is Waiting for Guffman, which is about a small Missouri town that looks exactly where my grandma lives. Let's just be honest. Um, it's about a small Missouri town celebrating their bicentennial, I think. And so there are all these like little townspeople getting together and they're doing uh, a little like play. And Parker Posey's character is just absolutely perfect. She works yeah. at the local Dairy Queen. And the word, um, Dairy Queen. Oh my God, it's so good. Perfect. So good. Good enough. So, Chuck, today I've got some questions for you to cool. ask. Just I have, like conversation. I have one ones. or two for you as well. Oh, cool. Um, so, do you want to do you want to start off or yeah? Why don't yeah, you go let, ahead? I'll start off because okay, uh, I have a kind of a good a good timely question. Um, okay. What What do you think that you What would be your mindset? Okay. Thoughts, procedures, approach right now to this virus if you're still a Christian. The, if I was the still current, a Christian, the current situation, yeah. What would what would you be thinking about it? 
Oh, okay. I think that I would be one of those who would probably still go to church, but I wouldn't make a big deal out of it. I wouldn't encourage other people to go to church, but I right. would quietly do it on my own. Um, You'd make, you would have made a Facebook post about it. I don't know like if I would Just a little... I, I respect people's... I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't have, but... I, okay, I can if I see, did, it I would can start see off Christian with that. Brady doing that. It would start off with that. Right. It would be... It's... I'm not... I would probably even back then would have tried to make it clear that I'm not encouraging anybody to do anything. Right. Um, so I'd have been like, I respect your decisions, but I decided, you know, for me and I would have like gone home and taken a shower or something. Yeah. yeah. But um, I probably have done that. It would have been a lot of like, like talking about prayer and thinking about it a lot, but I don't think that I probably would have like spend like, you know, 10 minutes in prayer or something. Um, don't you think it'd be more? I just, I was a little different. Like I prayed a lot with my ADD, but I also like journaled a lot. And that was kind of how I prayed to the shame so like, journal. Yeah. My shame journals. Um, yeah, I think that's how I would have handled it. What about you? Man, that's a good question. So I, I feel like, I mean, it, it, it depends a lot on which era of my life you're talking about. Right. I okay. mean, I'm sure it's the same for you, but, uh, like, you know, high school, high school Chuck would have been like, you know, this is the end times or prior, mm. oh, right? That's right. That was like, a big thing this for is you. a sign of the end times. It wasn't that, it honestly wasn't that big of a thing for me, but I, I just believed conventional dispensationalism. So it was just like the rapture, the horseman revelation hasn't happened yet, you know? And then I, like, when I actually studied the Bible, it was like, oh, okay, this is like, I became a preterist. And so I probably wouldn't be on the apocalyptic bandwagon, but I, I'm sure like, a ton of Christians are right now. I'm not connected with that world, but I'm sure there are a lot of people saying pale horse or yeah. saying, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Can you, can you remind me, uh, like compare an amillennialist to a preterist? Uh, those are two different theological categories. Okay. An amillennialist would say that there is like that the millennium of Christ's reign that's described in the Bible in Revelation is metaphorical and that it just refers to everything after his resurrection, basically. Uh, But a a preterist is like, uh, like everything in Revelation was John like using encoded language to describe things that were happening presently in the, not, not our present, his present in the in the roman empire so they would have had a lot of so the, views the beast that would have with overviewed. seven horns is clearly rome the city on seven hills you know it's like there's a lot of there would have been some overlap though probably between amillennialism and yes for okay. sure yeah but um, they, but they're technically two different things funny enough I, I i tweeted recently about how under like thinking about the rapture like having like in times mindset keeps us from really actually planning for the future mm-hmm. and then two christians got on my thing and started to debate on whether pre-trib or post-trib viewpoints better uh-huh. plans for the future oh my god and i was like hey i think you guys missed the point <laughs> <laughs> pre-trip or post-trip right. this is like, oh that's yeah that's a good i was like those are words i haven't heard in a while and then they got on to me they're like so why are if you don't believe this stuff why are you even discussing it and i'm like oh take a seat let's have a conversation <laughs> we're discussing it so we can make fun of it better Duh. no i'm just kidding mm, kind of yes um, that's fun. Yeah, no, I forgot. I kind of forgot about the tribulation. Those right? are weird words, right? The tribulation would be that could be something that I'd be like, oh, this is this is this it. This is it. it. You know, I like conventional 
evangelicalism, even though like in any like Christian academic circle, like the tribulation and the rapture are basically laughed at because they're just so weakly like defend they're indefensible basically biblically but can you give me like a minute of like information because one of the questions we've got some questions today we're going to ask oh yeah for sure our community and that's one of the cool things about what we're going to do today is i want us to be kind of like a uh you know uh we should definitely do this more often oh totally like an acoustic night like we're just pulling up the chairs you know me check brady we're gonna just go talk to community should i sit in my chair backwards yeah hey guys uh this is youth pastor chuck uh Oh wow! Yours has Let's like arms okay. that you're having to like straddle. Oh, yeah. That okay. looks really dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I almost broke my legs. But one of the questions uh, in the community from Rachel H is um, any end times anxiety coming up for you? It comes to mind every now and then um, for me since this all started. So, I'm sorry. Can you read that one more time? For she me? says, "Any end times anxiety coming up for you? Mm-hmm. It comes to my mind every uh, every now and then for me ever since this all started." Absolutely. The fuck not. <laughs> I try to only have anxiety about things that have evidence. Uh, and that's not me making fun of anybody that does have it. That's me saying, like, there was a time in my life where this would have freaked me out, for yeah. sure. But not anymore. Because so, I just don't think that the world is going to end any way like the Bible describes it. That's what I think of, too. And I, I think, like, I'm thinking of somebody who might be kind of earlier on in their deconstruction coming out of evangelicalism of, oh man, this sounds like, or we're getting a lot of, you know, this pressure to think that it's this certain thing or whatever. But I I think that it's just important to remember that like that sort of thing is designed to, um, it's kind of like a fortune teller, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's, it's, it's meant to be a catch all. It's a catch all and it's so vague and it's never been anything of substance it's, at yeah. all. Like it's it just fortune telling, it's astrology. <clears throat> mm-hmm. There's so many things like in the Bible that I'm realizing, like between what we were told to see and what we actually can see, and yeah. really dividing those and allowing like remember it shit needs to earn my dedication and my belief. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and so yes. when something yes. is never done, any that's of such the a work, good way to put that. Thank you. I've been working on this shit, <laughs> um, and it's like whenever that stuff comes up, like it, it hasn't earned it. It hasn't. Uh, prayer is just subjective. It's so subjective, and it's designed to use my fear to keep me inside of it. Right. So now that I've like seen behind the curtain, and I know that like the curtain might look different for each person, but um, seeing like how that fear may keep us in. Yeah. And the other thing too is even if we do have the end times, God damn it, mm-hmm. which is not true. That's not a thing. Right. But if we did, we will fucking figure it out. Like yeah. the, 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 the human ingenuity books. is so fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. No, and the yeah, left behind would. books. Yeah. I feel like God couldn't throw anything <laughs> bad enough at us. You know, we just fucking figure it out. Figured out. That's what I say. Say fucking figured out. But I'm also thinking like World War II. Like, yeah, I would have been more. Been like, yeah, this is the end. Right. Then, right. Right. Yeah, I guess like that's a good way. Maybe a good thought exercise is to say how many things in the last hundred years have happened that would make people say this is a sign of the end times. Ooh, that's good. Because it's like 
World War II, maybe. I don't know if they were that concerned. Dispensationalism didn't blow up until the 40s or 50s, I think. The 1940s but, or 50s. Yeah, 1940s or 50s. So there, just remind you that there was yeah. like <laughs> dispensationalism 2,000 is years not, of Jesus yeah, yeah, stories it, it going started, around. It was like invented in the 1850s or something like that. And then it, it took a while to, to become as popular as it is. But I mean, like uh, it, the you know, like uh, the Gaza Strip, right? The found, like Israel becoming a nation, uh, the the you know, fucking I don't know something something Wailing Wall, you know. Uh, Yo, what I've else? Heard of that. Uh, yeah, the Mister T movie. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the Mister T movie. The, the what was it called? Uh, I pity the rapture. A p- uh, uh, Can you edit that out? I don't know if I'm allowed to do that voice. I <laughs> don't <laughs> oh, no, we're leaving it. I apologize ahead of time. Uh, a thief in the night. But but the other thing too is, uh, motherfucker said that he you know he would be back while they were all goddamn alive, right? That was a lot of cursing. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Jesus said in the Bible <laughs> that he would return while, while they, were, they were alive, and that was like the big bait. Like if that was going to be. Yeah. Let's look at rapture stuff objectively. That would fall into that, but of course it wasn't because right. it didn't happen. So right. because it didn't happen, you have to twistle, you have to pretzel twist your logic to yeah. make whatever. So well, also like the rapture is uh, is derived from a very short verse in Thessalonians that has nothing to do with the end time. It's it's like a weird. <sighs> They just ran with it. And the canon. There's no rapture. Let's even talk about the canon. So like pre-trib, post-trib becomes like irrelevant Mm -hmm. if you don't believe in the rapture. So then it's like, (laughs) because the rapture has like no, that's one of the weakest like theological beliefs that the evangelical church holds. So like a a simple answer, how would we fight against like in times questions or like doubts or anxiety? Yeah. I would just say by like, by knowing the history and knowing that it just doesn't have, it has not earned your Dedication has not earned. It has belief. not. It does not have enough evidence to earn a place in your reasoning Ooh, space. Like your reasoning space. <laughs> it's like a wine <laughs> to cellar. To earn a space in your reasoning space. I've really been working on my vocabulary. It's like a wine cellar in your brain. Next question. Um, how many cats does Brady have now? That's from Levi. Uh, I have eight. Two. Don't let him. Nope. Eight. Two. I've got two. I've got. Well, he's a cat lady, man. One of my own, and then one that I'm watching uh, for for the the woman who lives above me. But I have a feeling that that's um, it might be for. They're going to be around. What are their names? Uh, Well, my cat is Link, and then uh, my foster cat is Salem, and he's just looks like Salem from from the TV show from Sabrina. He's just all black. Yep. He's cool. Uh, Yeah. Link. uh, Fun Mm. fact: Link plays fetch. Uh, the only cat I've ever seen that plays fetch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can th- he, Brady has these little like fuzzy red balls mm-hmm. that he throws, and Link goes and gets it and grabs it and brings it back and drops it on the floor, and then you throw it again. He's and a good cat. It, it's hilarious. He's a very good cat. He ripped a, a pom pom off of one of my son's art projects. Is <laughs> that what it was? And he was carrying it around the house, and I was like, "What are you doing?" So I grabbed it out of his mouth and I threw it. And he ran and he got it, and he just started playing fetch immediately. Perfect. And so I contacted his <laughs> old owners. I'm like, "Did you know that he does this?" And they're like, "We had no clue." And then I showed him a video, and they're like, "Holy cow! He's just been sitting on that that talent, <laughs> that skill set the whole time for like two years of he his life." He just loves it. Um, uh, I have a cat too. Yeah, tell me about also. it. Uh, I mean, it's not that. Uh, it's actually my partner's cat, but it, uh, she lives at my house. 
her name is Frankie, named she's after really Grace and Frankie Frankie. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's really cute. And I don't know if there's any... Uh, she really wants to kill something, but she's not. she doesn't have the skill set yet. Mm. But we do let her outside sometimes. Your partner or the cat? Uh, I would say both. Very cool. Yeah. Um... Oh, another TV show that I was thinking of. Can you think of any more about like where another one I was thinking of was Christian Bale in the movie Reign of Fire, where he had to, he was trying to keep the kids' energy up by telling them stories about Star Wars. Wait, wait, mm. what? What movie? What? What do you? Reign of Fire. I know, but like, why did you say I'm that? Thinking of other movies <laughs> in this episode today. This oh, could be a thing. Oh, oh, come back oh, of oh, other movies okay. that were like of them trying yeah. to. Uh, Michael Scott in the office whenever they thought they were going to have layoffs. And so uh they learned that Michael Scott had to be the one who was like, hey, let's keep it going. Let's be distracted. Right. While Jim, they were learning to Uh co-manage. Do you remember this? And so Jim, he learned... He learned how to be the dad, kind of, if we're going to go into, like, stereotypical gender roles, while Michael Scott was, like, the fun mom. Right. The drunk mom. (laughs) Well, that would have been Meredith. Yeah, right. That's that's very true. Another question from the group. Sure, yeah. Hit, this hit is me. from Israel S. We grew up conditioned to pray during times like this. What are some ways or places that we can use to direct our anxiety to? Ooh. Good I have question. Some, I have an answer. Yeah. Uh, while you think of yours. I'm really into kind of like mindfulness. I learned from the book 10% Happier by... Um, uh, not Sam Harris, Dan Harris, big difference. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really, really good and kind of opened my mind of like how to have a practice that's not prayer. It's not dependent on a, a supernatural belief. It's not mm-hmm. built on any of that, but mm-hmm. it's still very beneficial. I learned that for me, prayer was very important to center me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then once that was like taken away, that was like a tool taken away from my arsenal. So I had to learn, like stop and think, okay, what were the benefits of prayer? Mm-hmm. Well, it helped center me. Did it really give me supernatural powers? Mm, no, no. But- um, it, did it give me a way to like process things? Yeah. But can I find a better way? That's not just a pull on the full, like gambling, like slot machine. Right. Thing, the, the right? God, the God slot machine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it does God uh, slot. the benefit of, of one. There are a lot of benefits of prayer. Uh, like if we're honest, but there are a lot of not benefits, but one of the, one of the big benefits is that it is a space where you, uh, take what you're thinking about, worried about, sad about, angry mm. about, and you acknowledge it, right? Yeah. You, you like say it that's in some capacity, whether it's in your mind or out loud. And that's important because we, uh, if we do not, there, like there's, a, it, it, we're finding out that it's really important that we put language to our emotions and fears and anxiety. Because mm. if we, once we put language to it, then we're able to sort of, categorize it and put it in a space where we have more mechanisms for dealing with it. Whereas if we don't put language to it, uh, it's, it's amorphous, it's nagging. It's just sort of like hanging out. Right. Think of it like a whole bunch of dirty laundry that if you don't have shelves or closets or shelf space for that, it's just going to stay on your floor. Um, But until you figure out a way to kind of like places to put it, places to organize it, ways to deal with it, it's just going to lay around and get stink and mildew, Yep, you know, but um, 
finding that language. That's one thing that's been really helpful for me lately is finding language to like describe what it was like to be indoctrinated and like how it was to be like biases taught as absolute and kind of like how that doesn't just shape what you believe, but shapes how you believe and shapes mm-hmm. how you categorize information. Um, so like really reflecting on a lot of that lately is helping me to kind of like find a closet organization for that, mm. that pile of laundry of my yeah. life, you know? Um, one of the things I would say that helps me a ton with anxiety, especially when I'm experiencing severe anxiety, um, is, uh, so, okay. So the, the anxiety is a response of the amygdala, right? Which is like the, the aggression center of the brain. It's literally like you are, this is like advanced animal stuff happening where like your conscious brain is thinking of hypothetical things that, or, or real things that you are out of your control at the moment, but could go wrong. And Mm. then your brain says like, then your amygdala responds and says, oh, I'm in danger. But the amygdala is like a way, 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 way older part of our brain. So it's like outdated. So it can't handle, yeah, right. So it can't handle the, the information properly. It's like passing, it's like passing a PDF to an Atari, right? And the Atari is just going to freak out and freeze, right? So, well, you know, I guess freeze is a bad word because that is one of the like responses that we have to fear, but Oh, that was good. But uh yeah, it it but mm. it but it's like uploading it's like uploading like new and new a new file, data file to an old computer and it doesn't understand that it's not happening right now. Does not compute. Right. So it's <laughs> does not compute. So it's like it's like freaking out as if you're being chased right now danger well robinson and one of the things that happens is your body releases adrenaline uh so adrenaline gets in your blood adrenaline is like uh it's like the cocaine of the body right it's like gives you a bunch of energy it numbs your senses it makes it easier you can take a punch easier if you have adrenaline you can run faster and longer it's like audio adrenaline but for your body oh god why did you do that to the analogy hmm Anyway, so with all that adrenaline in your body from the anxiety that your brain literally made up, your neocortex made up, um, that gives you a lot of physical, uh, like your body is ready to run, mm-hmm. right, or fight. Um, so what I like to do is just go for a long run, run until I'm fucking tired. Sometimes I start crying when I'm running because I'm like... The, I finally get over the hill where the fear exhausts and then I can actually confront the emotion. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, you're literally, you re- literally need to burn the adrenaline in some way. Like you can, you can meditate and like calm your body down and get rid of it that way. Or you can throw on some shoes or get on your bike or, you know, do whatever you do for physical exercise, get out and burn it. Uh, that's a good way to handle it too. Hmm. Yeah, the gym's been really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like burn that, burn that adrenaline, dude. Um, another thing. Uh, Fucking scream. Yeah, another thing too is like, <laughs> uh, whenever I feel afraid, I'll tell you what I do. I whistle a happy tune, and then I'm not afraid anymore. I think that's how it goes. Do you remember that? Uh, the Keen and I. Oh, is it Veggie Tales? 
No, the king and I. Oh, the king and I. Yeah. I assumed. I just assumed there was a king and I veggie tales. Getting to feel nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, I don't know the song very well, but. Um, can you auto tune that? Go back and make sure I hit all that. No, but uh, it was a song when I was in third grade. Our third grade class. Actually, this is kind of a funny story. I don't know if I've told us on the show before, but I had third grade teacher, and I'm not going to tell her name because. In like my bank, where they're like, "Who's your favorite teacher?" You're, where's this going? I give my her name, so oh. I'm not going to give her name. <laughs> That's where I'm going with it, anyway. But in third grade, she was this great teacher, and I loved her. But uh, me and a couple other boys were like the <laughs> Baptist boys, right? Yeah, because uh, we were like really evangelical, and she was too. But she was from an adjacent. Uh, denomination uh-huh. uh, but we learned about Thailand and so our entire class got to do the Keen and I inside of our classroom and so uh, she like handed out these rules and we all learned our parts and all the other kids came in it was this big ordeal but during that unit when we were learning about Thailand because she was evangelical as well she brought in a Buddha statue to teach us about religion but graved on top of the Buddha's forehead were the words Jesus is Lord carved, <laughs> not written, Fuck. but like carved into the head so that she would feel like at ease about oh God, bringing that idol in from, you know, like for an, for an educational <laughs> purpose. And then it also makes me think of in Survivor, um, I think it was the second season, there was a lady who was evangelical who didn't want to be in her camp with the uh, immunity idol oh. because it reminded her oh of the God. Old Testament. <laughs> that was Survivor China. Anyway. Uh, what other questions? Did you have any more, Chuck? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, how, okay. I feel like it's a really common thing, even for people for whom it is not in their response, their, uh, personality naturally to wind up being, uh, people pleasers because of evangelicalism. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. This got deep. This got dark. We're getting deep and dark, baby. All right. Um, I mean, because it's like, we're all, we're supposed to... Not only are we supposed to like show everybody that we're happy, you know, mm-hmm. or that we're supposed to like uh, show that we have Christ's love or whatever, but like uh, you're supposed to like convince other people that what you believe is true all the time. And you end up, I don't know, like to me, you sort of end up like, uh, I guess like Paul said, I'm all things to all people, right? So it's like, how do you read that and not be like, I need to be what everybody needs all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like really, really, really common uh, to become a people pleaser as a, as an evangelical. Yeah. How, have you, how have you, how have you dealt with that? Cause it's, this is something that I'm like only recently kind of diving into. So I don't necessarily have a good answer. No, that's a great question. In fact, one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was boundaries. Cause I know that's kind of like a subject go. that comes up a lot. Um, and I think that that's kind of where my answer is. Um, oh man, there's so many things going through my head right now. I, 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 a lot of it comes to the treat others the way that you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, I took that mantra and I took it like to the next extreme and I'm like, okay, what if I'm saying it to other people and they're saying it to each other, then I would need to be treating myself the way 
that I will treating others. And so there needs to be some sort of like a balance here because I realize that if I'm doing that and other people are not, then I'm just being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And so growing up and seeing that with my gaslighting, cheating father, lying to my mom, um, and also with my own situations that I've experienced, just seeing like, and also my brother who was like in and out of jail and was constantly like lying and stuff. I just got to the point where I had to learn Oh, you've got to make boundaries or you're just going to get walked all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think that's kind of what it was. And another big thing that I was thinking of recently is the word peacemakers of, you know, blessed be the peacemaker. And for me, as a literate, like biblically literate kid, I, you know, my parents were fighting all the time. And so I took it. I felt that it was my responsibility to keep them from fighting. Um, that I was some supposed to be, and I remember like jumping in a couple times that were like, you guys have been yelling and you lost your witness to everybody in this neighborhood, mm. you know? And like, I felt like I had to jump in and, and be that Ooh. one. It's like, what about the Lord? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oof. And just over the years I had to, I had to learn that like, no, I'm not responsible for those people's behavior. God's not taking responsibility for his own children's goddamn behavior. Right. The Holy Spirit's not doing jack shit about his people, like people's behavior. Right. So why in the hell? do I need to be a stage mom to Jesus and like <laughs> make sure that they're looking all great and looking grand at all times that they're not even doing the work to be in the pageant themselves. Right. Valid. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> so you have some feelings about this, Brady. I'm June. Jesus is, is honey boo boo. And I'm not, I'm not taking the reins anymore. <laughs> I have my own show now. We're all a little gay. Fuck. What? Uh, what about you? Honey, what do you think boo, about boo. that? <laughs> what about? Like, what? What? What is kind of like without getting too personal into your life? Yeah, like, yeah, what are kind of the things that? What kind of boundaries are you thinking of? Like, I know family is really hard with people because right. that's like a cult that you're born into, and that's made without boundaries a lot of times, and so you have to make those as an adult with the ability to look back at your past and be like, okay, the boundaries that I have now were not at all met in the past. Mm-hmm. So this is a new thing from the year forward. Yeah. Um, and setting boundaries also needs to be followed up with like consequences to them. I was lucky with my family that like with my mom, she had a relationship with my son and I was like, I shouldn't send my mom. I'm sorry. One of my parents, <laughs> one a, of my family, family, family member, family member um, ah. that like, hey, if you're going to be jack shit, you're not going to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. So here's the consequences. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I give credit to that parent because they're the one who actually cared while the other one didn't at all. And yeah. it's not in my family, in yeah, my yeah. life at all. Right. So right. Like, give credit Re- to actually responded to the consequences of and the is learning and is learning. like really growing and evolving and adapting. And, and I'm that's really, really proud man, of that's her, like, even within her evangelicalism before I even get to my own thing. Like that is one of the things that's so important about boundaries that church sort of denies all of us is that like in church, you're supposed to respond to everybody's needs and wants, no matter mm. what, unless they're like quote unquote sinful. But people don't grow that way. They don't learn. Right. You don't, you're not, you are doing people a disservice by not expressing your own needs and in, in your side of the situation, right? Because they need to be able, they need perspective. Everybody needs perspective. I need perspective, right? To like figure out what people do and don't need, you know? So 
yeah, we got a, you're like doing a disservice by not enforcing your boundaries one way or the other. But for me, it's just like, I'm, I'm just honestly at a, at a point where, um, I'm learning or realizing, I, th- I feel like I've been doing a lot of this work subconsciously, just mm. at just like having the newfound freedom of not having to give a fuck what people think about me, you know? Uh, but but uh, realizing that uh, other people's needs and wants are often incompatible with your own well-being or, or personal health mm. or uh, schedule or, you know, lifestyle or time or whatever. And in, in learning that it, that's a, that's an okay, acceptable, good reason to like say no to things or to say no to people or to, you know, not give people what they want. That's just like big, you know, it's just, we're not, we were never encouraged to even think about how other people's needs and wants affect your personal health. That was never on the table to like think about. A practice that I've had with that recently, I had a weird situation and I called up you and a couple other friends and I was like, here's the situation I'm in. Am I crazy for this? And you all were like, hell no. And it was nice to get somebody else's advice to check in and see, okay, the things that I'm doing extra to kind of make peace, is this too extra? Mm. Am I going like out of my like evangelical peacemaking thing where I feel like I'm responsible for everything? So I think that's like a cool practical thing that you helped provide me with this week is to kind of have that sounding board where... Yes. Am I doing too much? Right. And then you're, yeah, you're doing too much. And it's yeah. Like, okay. Confirmed. Thank right. you. Right. Definitely. That was my suspicion. Yes. Um, one thing that popped into my head is that, okay, so like Christians, particularly evangelical Christians have a strong reputation of being passive aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like kind of built into it, you yeah. know? Yeah. I expect, a lot you of ways. To, I expect you to say that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Go on. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> good. Um, and that is a that's a result of of people pleasing, right? Mm. That's a result of being a people pleaser because you are constantly shoving your needs and wants and desires and thoughts and feelings down, 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 and and eventually you just forget how to express them at all, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're a baby, you're like, I'm hungry, and you just like make a huge fucking deal about it, and then when it was like sort of over time, we're taught, you know, like, oh, you can't make it that big of a deal out of <laughs> it every time you're hungry. And you, you figure it out, but like in evangelicalism, we keep going down that rabbit hole of like, you need to keep, you need to like put others before yourself Yeah, yeah in yeah. humility, you know, uh, be like Christ and, you know, consider others better than yourself and all that bullshit. And it's like, you start to shrink and shrink and, and disappear and to the point where you lose the ability to express yourself. And then the ultimate result of that is they don't just, they don't go away, right? They just come out in uglier ways. And, and Mm. so you end up being passive aggressive or you end up with like uh, self-destructive behavior comes out of that. Uh, But it's like people that are passive aggressive, just like they literally, they literally are either not taking the time or they don't have the ability to express how they're feeling in a way and to communicate how they're feeling in a way that's, that's like effective and meaningful to another person. Whereas Mm. if they could... They would, you know, if you learn how to be assertive, you say what you need, you present it in a reasonable way, people respond to that, you know. Um, or if they don't, then you say fuck off. But it's like, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. That's where passive aggressiveness comes from. I'm thinking about what you're saying in it. I'm thinking of an illustration of like a mountain and then like um, a light source on one side of it. Okay. So that light source is like evangelicalism and it's like shining the light on this mountain, but really on the other side of the mountain, nothing is being exposed, but because evangelicalism only allows that one light source, this Mm. other stuff is not going to be fixed. And so I think that like, now that we're able to look at things from different angles and different perspectives, we can see more of it and more of it can be exposed. Another thing I'm thinking of too is the the water and the oil of it all, that whenever we are somebody who takes that seriously and we become a peacemaker, we get pushed down. And then the separation is the people who just don't give a fuck get uh-huh. pushed up into, get pushed up, yeah. into leadership or Absolutely. to get more resources or whatever. And before you know it, they're your Mark Driscoll's or your, um, what was the guy, the Chandler, Matt Chandler or whatever. Uh-huh. No, not Matt Chandler. He was actually kind of nice. He just did other weird stuff. Um, the guy, local guy. Oh, anyway, Darren. Wilson. Yeah, all these people who were Darren Wilson is the or, cop that shot Michael Brown. You're Darren, right, Darren Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> God, we're horrible. Um, I'm just, getting all my all my shitty white men mixed up. <laughs> yeah, just like all these assholes who get fired for being assholes. Um, yeah, it just makes that separation. Uh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, fuck. There was one more thing that popped in my head while you were saying that. Okay. Uh, let me think about it for like three seconds, and if I don't come up with it. 24,600 minutes. Oh, well, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, let's go to another question from uh, from from here. Can we, can we please talk about grief? This is from Karen N. Mm, Karen N. says, can we please talk about grief? We yes. are grieving deeply, collectively. All of the events mm. and activities lost. That's a good point. Uh, we can know it is the right thing to do to cancel them and grieve canceling them. That's a very good point. And I mean, there there are people that are losing people as well. So that's like in there. For sure. Um, yeah. Grieving people, but grieving, also just like, yeah, but grieving it's like it's, lifestyle and like normal like yes. events or like yeah. um, security with work. Right. 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 And she said, also, can uh, I just light, say light and momentary pain? Light and momentary pain. Next question. Uh, no, God. No, how can you talk about... I'm you're horrible. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I see what you're doing. Uh, was, that's, the, that's Paul. I was quoting Paul. Oh, and we'll go back to her question, but she said also, this was more of a comment. Um, can I say that I find secular humanism even more compelling than ever? I am so thankful that I'm not a believer right now. I do not have to figure out what God is up to or why this is happening. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. I can just know that we're all in this together and it is up to us to care for each other. And that is beautiful and the solidarity is beautiful. Mm. Mm. Um, so that's a good point. Like, uh, you know, the, the secular humanism and all, just people, no, it doesn't even have to be secular, just the humanism and all, the people taking care of each other and mm-hmm. uh, whatever. But how do, how, do, how do we grieve now as people who mm. don't uh, have, like, you know, these really complicated afterlife promises to look mm-hmm. on to? Um, for me, I'm all about making meaning now in our lives now, yep. you know, kind of things that we would look forward to to heaven. I want to create now with my own family, mm. uh, with my own son. Because really, if you think about it, heaven really isn't that. It exciting. doesn't sound very, it, no, it never, it, ne- it really honestly never appealed to me. It's not a thing. It's yeah. It's just like, it's just, it's all sugar 
no substance. Right. It's, it's, you know, um, it, it's a, it's an illusion. It is a mirage. It is a carrot that is, is that one of your, on a stick. Is that one of your tricks, of Joe? Uh, illusions, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> tricks are what hordes do for, for money. <laughs> kids. Candy. But, um, but right, like heaven just is, it's, it's, it's a mental abstract <laughs> carrot dangling before our face. Right. And, and if we really get down to it, um, the afterlife is a comforting thing and is a helpful thing for people. Um, but it, I mean, it, it is and it isn't right. It's a, it's definitely a two edged sword. Mm-hmm. Cause like my, I would argue that like, I know people that have not properly grieved like their parents right because they're like well i'm gonna see him again you know yeah. or like that you know yeah i guess like if you get into beliefs about like ghosts and presence after death i don't really have a strong opinion about it but it's like you know oh i, I think she was speaking to me through this you know the shape in my cereal or whatever you know and it's like that stuff is good and it's like if you see something that reminds you of somebody that you've lost then like yeah it can be poetic or celebrate it, but mm-hmm. like it I don't know if it's helpful to believe that they're still out there. Cause I think it I think it's sort of like you don't have the opportunity to really let go. So another thing that I'm thinking of with grieving then would be to kind of do a ceremony then or a ritual. That's what I was gonna say. So celebrating is one of the best ways to grieve. Like, I guess I want to start by saying, like, th- like familiarize yourself with the five stages of grief. They don't always happen in order. They don't always happen, like, cut and dry. It's not like you get one month on each one. But, you know, uh, but denial, anger, um, what, uh, denial, anger. Bargaining. Bargaining. Yeah, no, acceptance. it's denial, bargaining, anger, something, acceptance. I can't remember what the fourth one is. Uh, but yeah, familiarize yourself with those crying, crying. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, yeah. I mean, you know, look at oh, I think depression. I think depression or something like that is the fourth one. But um, sadness. and then acceptance. Yes, yeah, sadness, acceptance. acceptance. Uh, familiarize yourself with those because you're likely experiencing one or more of them at a given time. You know, um, but when it comes to you know, the pro everything after that, like, so you sort of get to acceptance and then you're lingering and it doesn't really ever go back to like what it, you're not the same person anymore because you've let go of something that's really important to you. And for me, it's like, uh, you know, celebrate, celebrate that person in whatever way, drink their favorite liquor, you know, uh, watch a show they liked to watch with you, you know, Go to a hockey game and buy an extra ticket, you know, sit, you know, you know, think about them being there with you. You know what I mean? Like anything that like is like this is something that that person appreciated or if it's if you're grieving an event, if you're grieving the cancellation of a concert or a conference or something, read the book, uh, listen to the album, you know, if it was a Lego conference, build something cool, you know, take the time that you would have taken to put into the thing and do something that celebrates the thing that you are going to, you know, get into. 
I think, yeah, having a ritual that reflects Rituals. on the thing that was lost and that acknowledges the pain and the anguish that you're going through of not having that anymore, not having that opportunity anymore. Um, yeah, I think it's just important. Find a ritual. Find something yeah. that make meaning. That was another thing I wanted to talk about that I had written down was like meaning making. Meaning making. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that was like a big lie that we had about religion, that if we left Christianity, you know, <sighs> people aren't going to have... Nothing would have meaning. Nothing will have, everything is meaningless and whatever. Um, And it's something I get accused of online a lot of like by evangelicals and stuff. And it's like, no, we make meaning. Um, Yes. And there's like a quote by some atheist, blah, 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 blah. blah. There was something to the extent of, um, that's just like, if if you're saying that you're not going to have meaning without God, it's like, it's like, well, I'm I'm a slave who's going to be my master. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like, if if you your only way of saying that you have meaning is to serve a thing then yeah, yeah sure you're not going to have meaning because you're not going to have a thing to serve because yeah. you've been conditioned to think that's the only way you can have meaning right it's yeah let's just acknowledge that like yeah that's not a that's not a thing it's not a good meaningful thing so anyway. s- some of the ways that I'm making meaning, and then I wanted to ask you what yours were. Um, one thing for me, like when I watch TV or when I watch shows and it's something that reflects something in my life, I really like that. And it becomes mm-hmm. important to me. So mm-hmm. things become symbolic and they represent they're metaphoric Mm -hmm. and you know that's what people say that god is right that he is a metaphoric representation of the cult of our of our culture of Mm -hmm. a culture's values Mm -hmm. okay well fine it's like totism i think is one of the words for that like we we build our god based on our cultural values sort of Mm -hmm. but i mean it's kind of like the under like the historical understanding of the old testament and new testament and all of these is like the old testament might have had like these strict rules but they had don't eat shellfish so i mean it probably had some health benefit or whatever so right you know it's kind of like that sort of like metaphoric whatever um Mm -hmm. but but for us now we can still do that but about our experience about what we actually see not what we're told to see but like what our our real like lived experience is whenever we see that represented somewhere we could be like fuck yeah i really relate with this or that has a lot of meaning yeah um so that's a way that i make meaning i think like creatively as as humans as kind of our superpower is we can create things to uh talk about the meaning of our experience and then to share that with others and see okay this is mine does this look like your experience mm-hmm. and then you can look at it and say yeah and then you know you relate to it you're like no and then you've changed the station to sure. find something else right um so it's like another meaning meaning making thing we we can creatively create a podcast or something use try to help people lift their spirits or whatever mm-hmm. um what are some of the meaning making things that you've found in your life since you've left religion um i mean the uh, the biggest thing for me and honestly it has always been a meaning making thing even when i was religious is is music is mm-hmm. making music um and just like putting my feelings into you know notes and rhythm and like letting letting things out that way um and and then like i find a lot of meaning in distributing that music and people's response to it playing it out um hearing it playing it with other people like is a it's a meaningful thing for me uh yeah, I mean, like you mentioned podcasts, but like this show is a meaningful thing for me. It's something that I put 
you know, the, the culmination of what I've learned so far about life as a human, sort of like a lot of that goes into this show. Right, yeah. And that to me is like, I have... I am a unique person with a unique experience and I'm giving that experience to other people and, and, and it, uh, you know, at least they tell me it's beneficial, <laughs> some of them. So <laughs> that get, that gives me a sense of meaning. Yeah. Um, well, okay. That kind of goes into, well, I'm not going to, I was going to ask you a question about something that's important to me. And I wanted to give you like a minute to describe it and we're going to switch. Okay. But it kind of goes into what we were just talking about. Like so I'm going to ask it. Okay. Yeah. Can you give me a one minute rundown on the hero's journey or in the monomyth? Oh God. Okay. I don't know this as well as you do. I know. Um, That's why we're doing it. And then you're going to do the same to me. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Okay. The myth, the monomyth, the monomyth, um, monomyth. The monomyth is, uh, it, it is uh, typically, follows a uh, normal person, a regular, uh, usually somehow disadvantaged uh, person, whether they're from a poor background or an orphan or a just a regular-ass dude. Um, and they find themselves <clears throat> sort of like launched into a crisis of some sort uh, that usually affects... Uh, not just them, but like, uh, you know, the, the world writ large, or uh, there's some kind of tragedy that affects a lot of people. Um, and, uh, and, and they find themselves in that situation. Uh, they find themselves uh, called or, or uniquely um, not, equipped is the wrong word because they're not really equipped yet to handle it. But they uh, endowed. Endowed. There you go. <laughs> Penises. Boobs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. They, yeah, they find themselves like have, having to be the person that deals Three with it. Three stars, maturity level. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes. You're right. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> Three Michelin stars. Those are iTunes review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. It's like our one three star review. Yeah, they're probably nice people. Maturity level. Yeah, I'm sure they're fine. Um yeah, but we do we are pretty immature sometimes. It was probably an off episode, okay? Yeah, it was probably a particularly immature episode. It's fine. We, it's fine. It's a good opinion. Um so they're so, like yeah, they're expected to deal with this tr this crisis in some capacity and then usually something happens that uh, either kills them or takes them out of the situation. They go away to some place, and uh, and then when they return from death or Dagobah, or uh, <laughs> if you're if it's the Lego Movie, uh, seeing a conversation between Will Ferrell and his son, mm. or oh, uh, wow. okay. yeah, I yeah, something like that, or or you died in Voldemort's arms. Um, but but it tonight. turns out that the uh the uh elders the elder wand was ac actually belongs to you because of a technicality Ooh. uh so they come back with the quote unquote elixir uh which is their newfound ability to be a master builder or to control the elder wand mm. or to be a, a master jedi and they overthrow the 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 end of the tragedy or the the crisis 
Yeah, that was good. That <laughs> it's was really long. good. Actually. Sorry, that was more than one sentence. No, you I forgot did. you said one sentence. No, I said one minute. <laughs> oh, one minute. You okay, did, you did really good. It would okay. be impossible to do it in one minute. Yeah, but uh, one sentence. So the the point I wanted to get to is at the end. So this is like a general philosophy that a lot of like cultures have in their stories. Or it's whatever. it's extremely common, and it's not only common, but it's compelling to humans. Like we love this story. We mm. love it. Well, we okay. love it. We can't get enough I'll of it. I'll give my theory of why we love it in just a second. But one of the points I wanted to make was with that elixir is like they that that thing that they learn, that, that adaptation, they take back to their community and they share it with other people. Mm-hmm. And so they, they take the things that they've learned, the experiences that they have, and then are able to creatively disperse it mm-hmm. and share it. And then it enforces and fortifies the entire community together with that experience and that wisdom through that, like from the wisdom from that person's experience collectively. And I think that's like a really cool thing. And that's like one thing I love about our community is that we have, we can do that. We could share that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, oh, I was going to say one other thing about it. Um, oh, the, here's my theory of why it's so compelling to us. Okay. So I'm, I, I, I'm secular, right? And mm-hmm. I believe in evolution and everything. I understand adaptation. If you put, if you look at the hero's journey, it's just the story of somebody adapting, like adapting and help, like going mm-hmm. ahead for their mm-hmm. community and adapting to a new circumstance right. and defeating it. And it really like and there's not even a, getting, uh, not getting, uh, natural, naturally selected, not getting naturally or selected. Not, or getting naturally selected, I guess. Well, I mean, there's even that part of like, yeah, there's going to be the other, the others that are trying to do the same thing that are going to fall around you, but you persevere and it's the one who like finds innovative ways and the innovation is that elixir. Right. So really it's just kind of like this meaningful way of looking at our lives as an individual adapting and evolving mm-hmm. um, or as a representation of a community mm-hmm. adapting and learning mm-hmm. or as like a, mm-hmm. as our species, whatever. And, and now I'm like getting into recently, like um, a lot of like star, star Trek, like star Trek discovery and star Trek Picard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was into star Trek before, but now it's like the cool way of like looking at that though, is it mixes up your biases and everything because now it's like, there's the human race and now they're part of a federation of these other, like, sometimes xenophobic right. factions. Right. And you see, like, how does this play out in our world, but, like, in a different context? And you got to so keep up with the Cardassians. Thank you, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Which sounds like a gay porno, let's be honest. I got a, I got a space for your Deep Nine. <laughs> uh. mm. But, well, the other thing, too, is uh, after you have sex with somebody, what is that? A, dope, a dopamine? Or what is it? Oh, connects? dopamine. Yeah, that's yeah. the... You just have to break up with them because they can get a little bit of, you know, cling on. Wow. Okay. All right. Well. well, but I mean, the point is like learning... F- I don't know. Just, but do you understand what I'm saying? Is like the the the, nar- the narrative there really is just the mm-hmm. human experience of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 and in learning and getting like 
friends to come along with you and you make enemies along your way and you you learn something you confront your past when you confront your past you can go to the future it's just like evolution it's just a dad adaptation uh but with like a meaningful suit on and then it fits into all these other ways and the reason that it popped up in all these different cultures is it's universally right. the experience of every species right i mean it's like you know i to like not to get to hopefully this isn't triggering but like the uh the flood myth that goes beyond the Bible, obviously, right? The Epic Gilgamesh. of Gilgamesh, way older. There's a couple other ones, and that's that's the that's the story, right? It's like whether or not you believe, quote unquote, Noah was quote unquote called by quote unquote God. It's like there was probably a flood that some dude built a boat for and lived out the flood in a boat. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that happened, and he he adapted to the circumstances. Uh, a lot of other people didn't. He was the one that figured it out and, you know. The Victor came tells and went. the story, baby. Right, yeah, for sure. And it's like, yeah, that's human that's the story of human evolution. But now we have the ability to 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 choose to figure it out whereas evolution is like just everything's on automatic sort mm. of. But, so, so how okay. do we make meaning? How Add a story make, to it. Yeah. Make a metaphor. There you go. But like sometimes the most meaningful metaphors are the ones who are self-aware that they're metaphors. I mean, one of the biggest lies that Christianity told us is that everything oh, is good. everything is already sort of set in stone to be a certain way, right? Like, like we sort of believe that humanity doesn't change over time. Mm. It's like we don't evolve. Like we don't evolve. Like we like. Uh, like God is the only thing that 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 like is a purveyor of change. That uh, humanity is is the same, and it was created to be a certain way. And the world is always the same, and the rules are always the same, right? Mm. But like we sort of now have the ability to say like, if we see a problem, it's it is upon us to come up with a a, a, a solution for the problem, right? So it's like if a problem presently, comes along, we are faced with. You know the existential threat of global warming, right? We will. It's it. like we're probably going to die, but if we don't, it'll be because some group or person rose up, figured out how to, you know, generate the amount of energy we need without using carbon, and we were able to, you know, clean up the the environment in time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that is on us. Innovation, baby. Innovation. That's the elixir. You know, the and, elixir and, is clean energy, right? You know, like that is an elixir. It's and something... the telling of the story is the inspiration. And Elon Musk is more. Jesus. I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, God. Ew. Just Ew. Kidding. Oh. <laughs> Does no, that make, I'm um, just kidding. Elon Musk Lord... and Grimes' baby is Grimes, Jesus. Grimes, excuse me. I almost said Lord. No, oh, God. <laughs> that would make Grimes like the Mary Magdalene. <laughs> And their baby... Grimes would probably be really happy that you called her Mary Magdalene, I would think. So would Elon Musk would be happy that you called him Jesus. <laughs> I was very much kidding. But, you know, I, but, like, I, mean, uh, I yeah. like that. I think that's an yeah. important thing. It just learning... Like you said, when a problem comes along... I was, I was thinking of the song, We Will Whip It. When a problem comes along, we will we'll whip, whip it. it. This is a very musical episode for me. We I, will whip it. I've never I, uh, karaoke'd, but I've sang three times. I sang long enough for you to be uncomfortable because yeah. we made eye contact. Yeah, when yeah, I was and it was singing, like what a problem. Because you didn't know it wasn't that bad, was it? No, it was fine. It was from the Keen and I. Yes, 
I uh, I heard so in the very first episode we recorded the one that we never released. Which fun fact there is a there is a long lost first episode of this show that's bad that we never released that's sleeping on my hard drive that you none of you will ever hear unless you give us a thousand dollars. We will we'll send it to you for a thousand dollars. But okay, jerky boys. <laughs> however, wait, was that them? I don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking uh, but about. But I heard my playoffs. I heard Go myself on. sing in it. Oh, really? And I was like, ah, I shouldn't I shouldn't just break into song. It's tempting. But now you it's like did a pet break peeve. break into song. Just for a, like a second. But it's like I heard it and I was like, ah, I shouldn't do that. That doesn't sound good. And then now it's like a pet peeve when I listen to to podcasts when one of the hosts like sings a little ditty that's even Ooh, like relevant excuse me no i mean i, I don't really i'm not it's not like that I'm, i wasn't going to tell you not to do it i don't care that much but i'm just like don't do that <laughs> okay okay loud and clear chuck no um but it's like people people always want to do it yeah, people want to do it it's awkward because you say a, a phrase that's in a song people want to sing the song and it's like don't People don't want to hear that. Well, you're gonna love editing this. But one. yours was better. You're, Thank you. You're, you're, you. Thank yours you. Yours was at least relevant. It wasn't just repeating what I said in a song. So, mm. so okay, I have a question for you. Okay. That uh, is something that you don't know as much about as me, but still kind of know about. Okay. Uh, so it's like uh, right back at you. Okay. Um, how does trauma work? Oh, pff, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I mean, we're going to go back to our lizard brain with our hippocampus, right? Uh, we've got, when trauma comes along, uh, it's, it's our, like our brain is taking a snapshot of that situation sometimes, but that snapshot's more of a experience snapshot, snapshot. <laughs> it's not just a picture. So there's going to be like abstract parts of it that later on through our experience, whenever it matches up and those line up, our brain was like, oh shit, I've seen this before. And so it's going to have its responses, fight, flight, um, another like freeze. Another one, though, is like fawning. Like mm-hmm. some people, mm-hmm. they bend over on their back and they just talk about how beautiful you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one, there's like a fifth one. Um, yeah, I don't that's remember. Like a lesser I can known. never remember what the fifth one is, um, but it is one of the le- less common ones. Um, or what is the one where you just... Yeah, fawning, and then uh, I don't remember either. Okay, moving on. Um, but the point being that our our body response to that is because it's working on two different types of hard drive. You've got your your solid state and in your your old timey one, uh-huh. and the old timey one's spinning out of control, and it's um, yeah. and it and it's kind of like that animal part of us, our lizard brain. Right. Um, but it's not bad. Like that's what got us here. Yes. Like it evolved so well that like. Even within itself, it created its own virtual computer hard drive that became its own part of the mm-hmm, brain. Mm-hmm. Like that's fucking amazing. Um, and so that's also the part that, like, when I think about my cats, like I, uh-huh. I have a deep relationship with my animals sure. because, like, in my older age and becoming a little bit of like, like a secular hippie, right? Where I'm just like, oh man, we're all connected. And like, we just share like life force because we all evolved from the same shit. Right. So I really like that whole, we are connected stuff and like, I'm there, but I just approach it from a different way. Right. But I feel like I connect to my animal from like that part of my brain because like Mm -hmm. I can put myself in that position Mm -hmm, of like, mm -hmm. you're just, you're just a computer 
Yeah. You're just like software a little, on a computer. Yeah, a little simple, simple program. A little simple program. And you're just like, when you see certain things, you do something when you're hungry, you want to, and you, you really do love me with your little brain, uh-huh. yeah. but it's not like, it's not like in the Sims where there was like, when they had two bars, one was like your recent relationship uh-huh. to the person. And the other one was like your long-term relationship right. to the person. And then you had to have the long-term if you were going to get married. Right. They were not evangelicals from my, <laughs> from my neck of the woods, not my type of Calvinist. Right. 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 Um, Cause they're like, Oh, well, we, I've known you for three months. I think, that, yeah, I think we should have 12 kids And then you whiz yourself. <laughs> we used to uh so it was like sims two or three uh where when somebody farted they would go chop it chop it <laughs> so in high school me and all my buddies would if we one of us farted we go chop it chop it i love that yeah it was pretty fun that's beautiful but i mean we're like we're, but we're just like little robots and that's what animals and humans are in some way and so right. um having a good understanding of our trauma though of even when it comes to like our spiritual trauma, whether we have complex PTSD or just PTSD or whatever our responses are, what those are is whenever our body is seeing, smelling, feeling something that's like on its lizard brain is like alert, 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 alert. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We are our, our, our conscious brain that makes us the, uh, the, the, the homo, the homo erect, like the, the, the neocortex. The 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 one the who knows brain. that he's knowing the con yes the br- the self aware brain self aware brain self aware brain we can kind of go back and train back that old computer thing and saying okay I hear your alarm it's valid right thank you you're doing your job great I appreciate it but here's why that alarm is not needed anymore right and that right. takes a long time and yes. professional help yes and things that are way beyond my advice giving. Yes. Uh, I would add a couple of things to what you said. One of the biggest things is that that you can't apply language to the experience that is in your 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 brainstem, basically your your lizard brain. Pre language. Part of it's pre language, right? So that that part of your brain does not do language, doesn't have language, doesn't understand it. It just takes in experiences, which is why a lot of times when you have a traumatic experience. Somebody will ask you about it, and you just kind of what? I mean, it just uh, it, brain fog. It's just yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like you have words for all the things, like knife, man, you know, door, whatever. But it's just not there, right? Because that's not the part of your brain that. And the, and you mentioned the hippocampus. The hippocampus is like our modern memory storage. Well, it's okay. not really storage. It is the part of our brain that re- that communicates with other parts of our brain in order to build memories. But that is not where these this information is stored. It's stored in the brainstem, uh, which is why it's we don't remember traumatic experiences like we remember other things. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing is amygdala. Amygdala hijack is the... Um, like, that's the, the aggression part of the brain. That's the part that gets really stressed out that triggers the trauma brain to kick in. So, and so somebody mentioned earlier, kind of like us living through collective trauma right now. So one thing I'm experiencing, I'm hella tired all the time, like mm. going through this like coronavirus and like working remote, like my schedule's off 
my meanings like weird and I don't know. So I'm like hella tired. And I think that a lot of it is just like the stress and like everything that's going on parts of me that are just like, Hey, I need to, I need to reboot baby. Mm-hmm. Reboot. Reboot. Or else I'm going to get infected by uh gigabyte megabyte. And the beautiful thighs. Of, Hexadecimal. Mm, she'd be She's not a virus, though. She's just Sorry, a, excuse me. I said that twice now. That is so right. prejudiced. <laughs> so prejudiced. Megabyte would not appreciate that. Speaking of another example, I was thinking of the time that that tornado came in McGee and me. And Dude, that episode fucked me up. Twister a shout. I like, I like had to, like, it, that episode terrified me. Like, mm-hmm. might have been, like, some minor trauma, and I had to watch it. Like, it was, like, a train wreck type situation where it was, like, I know I'm terrified of this, but I have to watch mm-hmm. it. And I watched it a bunch of times, and then I wasn't afraid of it, which is maybe a really good example of how trauma works. But, very good. <laughs> but McGee had to come in, and he had to be the comic relief. That's, oh, yeah. That's what I'm hoping this episode <laughs> yeah. is for people. Just right. eight more seconds at a time. Keep Does cranking the, that wheel. There was the part when the when the tree branch breaks through the window. Do you remember that? Do I remember that? <laughs> Can I tell you a funny story about it? And this is actually going to be in the mat. So coming up soon in the season, yes. I, have, I have a special episode with uh, with my ex-roommate, my old roommate, my really good friend, um, Matt Martin, who used to be on that TV show mm-hmm. that I used, that used mm-hmm. to make, Completing Caden. In the second season... Which, if you're looking for ways to kill time, don't watch Completing Caden. Yeah, or you might kill somebody else. <laughs> um but in it, in the last part of the season, I was heavily influenced by the season finale of Smallville after getting my wisdom teeth taken out. And we uh, wrote into it, um, also inspired by the episode of McGee and Me, Twister or Shout. Okay. Um, it, it, it had like a homage to it. But in it, we had written in like this whole thing and we had like a, a window go through like a branch go through a window. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because this family from our church needed to replace them. Anyway. And that was your whole budget. And we, oh, okay. Okay. No, so we coordinated it with them and we figured out like how to shoot it and everything and like how to angle it. Right. We had one shot and Hey man, we made it right. We okay. Made it so you didn't like fuck it up and then, well, we got the bedroom window, so we'll just do it there. I don't want to <laughs> brag, but I was, when I was in charge of like the parts that I could have been in charge uh-huh. of, it actually went pretty well. There you Things go. Went well, but I did not coordinate that shot. That was Kyle, and he did a great job. And he is now working IRL on like Flash and Supergirl. Oh, cool! Good for him. Strange world. Strange world. Okay, I have one more. Uh, I have another one that's sillier. Okay. Th- things that you things that I know about that you don't. Okay. How uh, how does recording this episode? or any episode of this podcast work. Um, okay. Um, the audio inputs goes through your soundboard. Um, you have all of those cranked with the value, with the volumes and the levels for whatever that all is going into. I don't know if there's another step, but it goes from those drives into the computer where it's being recorded onto your hard drive. 
yep. right? And that's being um, inputted through, I'm assuming that this is a, uh, is this a Microsoft Word? Not a, I'm sorry, excuse me, an, an Apple program? <laughs> it is. Okay, so it's an Apple program that's that's taking it into the different channels, right? Yep. And so we're seeing the little like things go through. And so you're able to edit it by seeing where the words go. And because I do a little bit of video editing. Right. So my video editing. You see the, the waveforms. Those yeah, are called so waveforms. I'm used to the waveforms and all that with video editing. And another thing with like video editing, the way that they do it now is you have to do like jump cuts, but jump cuts are not straight on both the video and the audio. Oh, um, it actually does the audio a little bit different. What they call an L cut, mm-hmm. um, and where it's like a, so the, the volume audio. doesn't. It's not too jerky. Yeah, the volume keeps going, but the sound stopped, but then it fades as it cuts over or whatever. Yep. So yeah, you've got it all in there, but I also know that you do extra things of like doing different levels of like you're telling the computer, okay, when it's, you know, kind of like when you do the equalizing mm-hmm. on your thing, but it's like more complex than that. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you more credit mm-hmm. than that. Um, but it does things also with like cutting out the spikes and the peas and yeah. the, like the weird things that I have with... Um, well, not just me, but anybody has with their voices. Because yeah. um, another thing, I, I did like a video recording thing for my work recently. And in that, I found like some automatic, it was an Adobe thing, so it was a little bit easier. But there was just kind of like um, special filters you could put on there to like do noise canceling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I had shot that in the shop. Um, and there was like, you know, all this like construction noise right, and stuff going through right, there. I did like a noise canceling thing. And it was like noise very rudimentary. Cool. Very rudimentary. Yeah. Right, rudimentary. Is that what Rudimentary. I'm rudimentary. Like it was very basic. Dear Watson. Um, it, but it, 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 it did the job well, yeah. you know, and it cut out some of the background noise. So cool. Yeah. That was, pre- that was, uh, that was pretty good. That how do I, good. how do I make this a podcast and put it onto the thing? How do you make it a podcast and put How, on? The, oh, we're gonna take oh, it from the you file. Have you have to. Can... Uh, <laughs> you uh, you take the MP3 file um, and you upload it onto our RSS feed, and uh, then no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really of. know how it. It's like you upload it onto our onto our host, and yeah, then yeah. the host delivers it to an rss feed or basically the host and then we put like um our <laughs> i make like an image for every episode like uh-huh. so we've got our main right. cover and then i have like another special graphic design thing that i do for our episode episodes where i take like in season two i've been doing a picture of one of our of our guests and i have like our our overlay our like our logo thing on it uh-huh so i do that and i write a description and I make up a title um and there's a couple things of like filling out of like oh this is in season two this is episode blah 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 oh, like, right, right, like, right. like weird like little like meta tagging and all yeah, that. Yeah, to keep it organized mm-hmm. and make and it easier to find. Then I submit it onto our host and then they spit it out to like all the different RSS feeds, which includes Spotify. Oh, okay. Okay. There yeah. are, there are, the, the RSS feeds are like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Really, it's kind of like it here. And this is kind of useful for anybody who's like maybe thinking of a starting a podcast or something, honestly, because really the way that it works is you're just kind of like saying, hey, this is our feed. And then you're telling you go to those programs and you tell them, hey, look at this feed. Okay. Some of them are just automatically going to do the same ones that like iTunes or something pulls out. Right. But other ones you have to kind of like make a little bit of an extra effort, like Spotify specifically. Mm -hmm. But other ones, I think uh, I remember kind of having to make like a little bit of an extra effort on the original part um, to make sure that it showed up. Like Stitcher back then, maybe. I don't know if it's still the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was fun. Oh my God. I I don't know what RSS stands for. I've never looked it up. 
Um, uh, I don't know if you know either, but radical super speed. Yep, that makes stream. sense. That makes a lot speed of sense. Speed stream. Super speed stream. Super speed stream. Rad. <laughs> Let's double check um, to see if we have any more questions from our right. listeners. We had other questions, but they kind of like were in the same category. So I don't want to like ignore you all, but know that like I cared enough to read and I just wanted to make sure. Sure. Um, okay. While I'm doing this, what are some of the music that replaced uh, uh, worship music for you? That was from uh, the music Dora N. that replaced worship music. Yes. Ooh. Oh, and uh, Lisa S asked about struggling with anxiety, anxiety, but I feel like we hit that. Um, uh-huh. Also, Tessa C is asking about social isolation, and uh, I don't know if we should. We, we hit on a lot of that. We're good. Okay. Do I need to edit out people's names? I guess you didn't say their last name. I no, no. I told them I can say oh. their first and last. Oh, okay, initials, cool. So we're good. Uh, me. Um. Oh boy. I. I. You know, honestly, I wouldn't say that any music replaced Russian music for me because it, it was its own category. It served its own purpose. And when I stopped being a Christian, I just nothing does that. You know. You know those movie scenes where like an album gets stuck and it says the same part over and over? That's uh-huh. what replaced worship music for me. <laughs> Hill song. Jesus Grace, come into my life. Uh, God above. Is this real? Wash over my f- my life my wife my, wash me with your blood there's like literally 25 words i could repeat myself forever and just repeat that over and over i could repeat and in myself songs, forever like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and then just have like a big drum build up justin bieber ambient guitar justin bieber yo yo <sighs> is that it chance the rapper why i know you're it better hurts. than this it, yeah it, it the hurts. things that you've done to arthur's Acid theme song is so good arthur's arthur's sing have song. you oh, heard yeah. him yeah oh yeah everyone if you want to help your social anxiety <laughs> and you want to help your quarantine time find yourself chance the rapper doing arthur's arthur Dardvark's theme song it is glorious it is so beautiful so beautiful <laughs> he's like a he's a brilliant brilliant musician and yeah he's just gone way down this jesus path very charming and i, I met because before fucking before chance three he was rapping about doing acid and it was great like that was like his thing he like rapped about doing acid his album was called acid rap and it's really good and there's no jesus on it and he's just doing a bunch of drugs and it's really good <laughs> and I just want to tell you all, if it requires acid to see some spiritual figure, yeah, right. he's not accessible. They, whatever they are, are not accessible to everyone. No. And therefore not worth your dedication. Correct a mundo. As I've been learning on 30. That's a deal breaker, ladies. <laughs> That's a deal breaker. Uh, speaking oh my of- God, I needed to come up with a version of that for like indoctrination in God. Deal breaker. Oh, oh, his he hasn't shown up for two thousand years. That's a deal. That's breaker. a deal breaker. <laughs> on, That's a deal breaker. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a covenant breaker. <laughs> we got this. I, I got That's this idea for breaker. a book. Like, okay, so like, uh, like this guy this creates a, this is like the world, and then it gets fucked up. <laughs> And then, like, uh, this, this so guy offensive. named Jesus Cristo comes back. It's so offensive. 
Um, I, I probably should. You don't like my Tracy Jordan? Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. The- <laughs> Good God, Lemon. Um, beautiful. Uh, you were about to say something. You're going to close us out. <laughs> close prayer. us out with prayer. With the prayer. Trigger warning. We're going to close out with prayer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we, uh, I don't know. Uh, take first. I guess like take this all seriously, so we can all move on with our lives. Because the flatten hashtag flatten the curve like is real shit, uh, and this virus can pass through our entire society and go away because. We will be immune to it and will have cleaned up enough hmm. that it's gone. So seriously, stay home. Don't fuck around. I don't feel like our audience are the people that are like, no. not taking it seriously. But if you're not, fucking start. Because, uh, you know, you're literally like you. The chain reaction that comes from like you catching it and passing it to somebody else is you don't really know what it's going to do. So, And on top of that. Um, at the same time, take it serious, yeah, but also make it meaningful. Make it a good time. Make it you know, helpful I've been, for your kids. I'm and- glad you said that because I've been thinking about this, and I'm I'm personally like especially equipped for this kind of situation because I grew up homeschooled by myself. So yeah. I spend a lot of time figuring out how to entertain myself. I thrive by in myself. Situations, yeah, yeah I, I, I honestly like part of me loves it. Like it's frustrating at times, but I being holed up at my house and being like, I have these things and I have to figure out something fun to do with the things that are in this house. Mm-hmm. And like having I a kid on top that. of that is oh, yeah. hard too. <laughs> yeah. And let me say this. I'm not going to interrupt you, but for a second, just to say that if you feel like your kids are playing too much of video games or whatever, give yourself a break. Right. Yeah. Sake. No, this isn't a very, your kids this is a play very video exceptional games. Let them have some stories. Or, or you know your and... your partner. <laughs> yeah. You feel like your partner's playing too much video games. Just let them play video games. It, it, Animal Crossing came back. And, yeah, and... it's it's gonna get real starting at midnight last night. Mm-hmm. All right, what were you about to say? I'm sorry, we're go gonna ahead. we're not gonna go back. We're just all gonna be in the Animal Farm universe, and that's where we, where we live now. Our personalities are gonna be uploaded gonna into upload the cloud. It. Um, but in all seriousness, like this, um, like the, one of the things that I've noticed in the past week, and I know this isn't true for everybody. My partner's probably experienced an increase in anxiety because of money and different things. But like, for me, my brain has just slowed down because it's like the number of things that I can do with my time is Mm. limited. And my, so my brain is just like automatically sort of like, well, we can't do that. We can't do that. So I'm not going to waste time thinking about it. And that slowdown to me is like, it just sort of registered to me that this is like an opportunity to do a lot of self-work, to dive in to some hard things that I have not had time to dive into, to do some journaling, to do some meditation, do some yoga, do some running, do some thinking and like get over some humps, honestly, because we, we have the time to do it and it's easy to 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 sort of veg out and it's okay to veg out but like yeah it's very okay to veg out but it's like you can also take an hour take a half an hour take 45 minutes a little bit of a time like two hours if you're if you're hardcore and like uh you know think about the things you're struggling with think about Mm. your relationships think about your anxiety think about uh, you know, what, what is it you're stressing about? Um, you know, that kind of like, this is a, this is a very rare opportunity to have 
it a lot of time to do self-work. Um, and, you know, don't obsess over it. Uh, don't wear yourself out, but like, uh, take it, you know? And I want to, yeah, share your, be, become, be better at the end of this than you were going into it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And it's not like a productivity right. contest at all. Uh, but do a little bit of a time. And another thing I want to suggest to, if you're part of like the group, the, the Facebook group or whatever, um, do a video, introduce yourself, tell people something encouraging, something that's like, that you're learning about your mental health or whatever. Just, I don't know. I feel like get each other's faces in front of each other on video normalize this shit. Yes. Yeah. What yeah. a time to normalize this shit of right. like we're a weird online anomaly of our culture literally did not make a way for us to communicate or find each other. And we did it to it till we have the internet. And now we have the internet and we're just supposed to be like these people who don't see each other's faces ever. Right. So I don't know. I think like get on the thing, share elixirs, talk about what your mm. um what's been helpful of like how do you have you been taking care of your kids or keeping mm-hmm. them occupied. Um, uh, my son, we had a long talk about Jurassic Park, and we finally watched it. I felt like he was ready because he had seen enough like uh-huh. Le- Lego um, homages to it that uh-huh. he knew what was going to happen, like what <laughs> yeah, the scary yeah, yeah. parts were, and knew how to like process. It was the them. goat. The goat leg always got me. Yes, like the really like yeah. cheese ball like Lego ways of scaring, and so. <laughs> we watched it. He loved it. He thrived on it. The next day he started like, I was like, Hey, do you want to do like a comic book today while I'm working from home? And so he's like, yeah. So he made like Jurassic cat and it's like a Jurassic <laughs> Park awesome. comic book. And like my ex-wife and I, we've been talking and we've just like, we've been kind of like our son is the type who would thrive in a situation like this. I'm personally the type who would thrive in a yeah, yeah, situation yeah. like this. So um, just knowing like, I'm keeping my eyes open of like ways that I can be helpful to other people and um, do whatever. So my suggestions make meaning. Yeah. Stay wise, stay smart. Uh, I mean, I would add like, don't neglect, and this goes right along with what Bray was saying, but like, don't neglect video calling people Mm. or like just, or audio calling. (laughs) Yeah. Like video, yeah, right. (laughs) Video, uh, like video games. I've been playing a lot of video games with my friend that lives in Louisville. It's like one of my best friends and it's just like spending some, spending some like meaningful time with my, my friends, you know, like I've, I mean, I've had some really good conversations on like three way, four way video chats of the, like the admin, the mods, like Mm -hmm. for our Facebook group, like, We've sat down and talked and like stressed out about finances and stressed out about Trump and how he fucked all this up and like and like got that shit out and it felt really good. And it's like it's easy to go a full day without ever thinking like I should call somebody, but like you're not you can't go out. You can't meet with people the way you normally would. So, you know, call them, text them, be like, "Hey, do you want a video chat?" They're probably going to say yes cuz they're not doing anything either. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, yeah, go that route. And then also, like, take the opportunity to learn new skills. We have YouTube. Oh, God, that's a really You can good. learn anything. Anything. And coding? You can, and if you need coding, you don't even need to buy anything physical to learn to code. You can mm. use your computer. You can use your phone. Um, yeah. Or if you need resource, if you want to learn to knit, order some stuff off Amazon and have it shipped or, you know, whatever, wherever you want to order if you don't support Amazon, which like none of us should, but we all do. Um, 
yeah, order some stuff, learn something new, get some YouTube videos going. Like it's super fun and you can learn at your own pace and you got the time to do it. So like pick up that skill that you've always, brew some beer, you know, like do something cool that you've never wanted, that you've never been able to do before. I'm doing that. I'm learning uh, some electrical engineering stuff, uh, like try, like learn how to build preamps and effect pedals and stuff. Yeah, preamps and puck pedals and scratch and... And scratch. <laughs> scratch. And the Trinave Colons with the <laughs> Apple deck with the Trin... Yeah, the Fitbits. So Yeah, put the Fitbits in the got, sequence yeah. mm-hmm. with the resistors. TV shows, I'm just going to recommend a few real yeah, quick, throw them out. if that's all right. Um, let's say you've got uh, Netflix. You need to watch Tiger King. It is bonkers as fuck. So there's this McMillions. guy. Oh, sorry. Okay. I didn't know you were going to describe Oh, it. I was going to do like a thing. Do it. Do it. All right. Do it. So uh, Tiger King, this guy has hundreds of motherfucking tigers in Oklahoma. <laughs> he is a monster. He's crazy. He's gay like I am, but it's, married to like more than one man. And it is all. It's a cult. Cultish and personality cult and he has this other rival who is this woman who is like you seems like really really well put together and and she's all about big cats and she's all but but then you find out no she has this whole army of soccer moms and probably <laughs> murdered her husband at the same time there's this other guy with his own zoo of big cats who has six wives and he is um, right. a cult leader using Eastern religion to make his own zoological park. True stories. <laughs> Tiger King and Netflix. Yes. Oh, I was going to say McMillions. I'm only two episodes in, but I'm but I'm locked. It's got it's got McDonald's. It's got Monopoly. Yeah. Mm. It's about the Monopoly game. I'm McLovin. If you it. don't know this, uh, it is about how the Monopoly game was fixed. The Monopoly game that we all played as kids yep. was fixed uh, so that uh, the a pre-selected person would win. Who fixed it? You have to watch it to find out. Next show, Better Things on Hulu. It's, it is about a... Yeah, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's it's. I honestly was like, that sounds like two episodes, and then you find out who fixed it. No, oh. no. It goes, the rabbit hole goes deep. <laughs> anyway, Damn. you would think it's like, oh, the CEO of McDonald's fixed it. Duh. No. No. <laughs> it was the Hamburglar. <laughs> Better Brady, things don't spoil it. Don't Hulu, a Hollywood mom. She is a voice actress uh, who is the voice of Spinelli and Bobby uh, from King of the Hill in real life. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were Bobby's World, and I was like, that's not. She was in it. She was Derek, his older oh, brother. Really? <laughs> Um, anyway, she is this amazing voice actress, but she's a single mom raising three very like independent kids. Um, amazing show. So good. Keeps on getting better. I absolutely love it. Um, I read, <laughs> I'm trying to think, uh, oh, I don't know. Keep going. Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard, yeah, both Picard. on CBS. I, those are on my list. Survivor Season 40 right now, kicking ass. I'm honestly going. just a big Letterkenny fan, and I've seen the whole show mm. twice, and I'm still just watching watching through it. I still need to get into it's that. It's a comfort show. It's like the, a lot of people watch The Office, you know? It's like, that's my office. It's just way more crude and offensive. And Canadian, eh? And Canadian, eh? Yeah. High maintenance on Hilarious. HBO is fantastic High maintenance. Um, shoot. Do you have yeah. one more show? 
Um, no, I've been I've actually been watching a lot of movies. Um, I've been catching Abby up on some movies, but uh, rewatched The Big Lebowski recently. Okay, which has a whole new. I hadn't watched it since I deconstructed, and now it's like, mm. oh, I get it now. Like, I get this. really, yeah. It just makes more sense now because it's like a, it's like a nihilism, westernism, eastern thing going on. I would probably like, be people, mature enough to get that now. Okay. Yes, right. Like people have written books about that, like books and books about that movie, right? Like there's at Subterranean in the Loop. There's a shelf about Big Lebowski. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. There's like a whole section on Big Lebowski because I know that's like one that's kind of like um, The Shining, where people like super yeah 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 they, people have like watchings and stuff like that watchings it sounds like some sort of like watchful sounds like a witch movie um brick one of my favorite movies old joseph gordon levitt movie yeah directed by with a whole bunch of fast talking teenagers yeah it's like a film noir that takes place on a high school uh campus and okay. it's fantastic and it's um directed by ryan johnson it's his first full-length production Ryan Johnson, who did Looper and Star Wars, uh, The Force, or um, that is him. I didn't put that yeah, together. Uh, uh, the second one, <laughs> the second new one. I can't think of the name of it. Around that time, Joseph Gordon-Levitt also he also did, this did the gay two movie. people's two of people's favorite Breaking Bad episodes, Ozymandias, which is uh, the second to last episode that everybody's like beautiful, it's probably the best episode, and then The Fly, which is like the episodic one. It was he a did bottle both of episode. Those. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Brick, one of my favorites for sure. Joseph Gordon-Levitt around that time also did this other movie, uh, where he played a, like a gay teenager growing up and became kind of like a rent boy. It was called huh. Mysterious Skin. Oh no. Very I, I traumatized. Like it was, it was a lot of like sexual stuff or whatever, but like when I was old enough to live on my own and get a like blockbuster mm-hmm. card, you know what I rented? <laughs> right. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt like um Beautiful. my partner wants to rewatch beasts of the southern wild which i need uh, to watch that yeah it's one of the it's one of my top five favorite movies ever made for sure tear major tearjerker insanely beautiful movie it tackles mental illness it tackles poverty it tackles the the powers that be in a way that is just like completely mind-blowing um and uh it lost it was nominated for Best Picture the same year as Argo, which I think is the worst movie to ever win Best Picture. And I have like a massive vendetta against the Afflecks for that movie. Good soundtrack. In particular. Though. Good soundtrack. Wait, you're, but it was a fucking terrible movie. You're mad at who? The Afflecks. There was, there was more ben, than one? Ben Affleck. Casey Affleck. Oh, I forgot he was involved. Yeah. I, I think they're just like Hollywood pretty boys that play politics and throw a fit when they don't get what they want. Yeah. Honestly. But uh, Kevin Wallace is the lead in uh, Beasts of the mm-hmm. Southern Wild, youngest actress to ever be nominated for Best Actress. That's badass. And it's you, you get you get it, you get why when you watch it. So love it, Joseph Gordon, love it, Joseph Gordon, love it, Chuck. This has been a damn good episode, and I really appreciate you um, allowing me to break, like, kind of breaking quarantine a little bit. Of yeah, we over. didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't like touch or anything. Not at all. And I and literally, I, I only see um, like three people. Right. <laughs> and so I feel like going over to a house with. Yeah, you're actually better. more more at risk than, than me for coming here because I have to go into the public sometimes. Oh, yeah. So. That's okay. But I'll just spray Lysol down your throat. Thank you. I'm into that. That's, that's one of my kink. kinks. 
Jinx, <laughs> buy, jinx me buy me a Coke. Jinx, mm. buy me a Coke. Double jinx. Triple jinx. Well, you have to close up the fucking podcast now. Uh, well, let's, well, let's jinx one more time. Uh, if you don't go to church, Sunday Today is, is just the second Saturday. Saturday. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Join a group. Bye-bye. Let me put on that for you a little bit. Said our thoughts are dangerous. Nobody's can we trust? Like we're made of.